What is up, all my Steeler crazy people? We are back with another draft edition Steelers crazy sick podcast. I am JY. This is Michael Nicastro. We have a special guest to break down all things NFL draft. But first and foremost, we want to shout out our new sponsor. Who, who, who may they be, Michael? Well, I'll tell you what, on this show, we're always balls to the walls, right, with all of our hot takes. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is the transition you're expecting if you've watched our show so far, but we are super proud to have these guys on board. Manscaped is now a proud sponsor of the sick podcast, Steelers Crazy. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Well, none other than Manscaped, of course. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide. That's 7 million, Jordan. That's a lot of men. Uh, I didn't even know there were that many 7 million and 2 now with us. 7 million and 2, and maybe we'll get uh, our guests on board today making 7 million and 3. So... I want to offer everybody an exclusive exclusive offer. Check out the bottom of our screen right now if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening, do us a favor. Use the code SICKSTEALERS for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Everybody loves free at manscaped.com. That's the code SICKSTEALERS for 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. Yeah, this is an exciting product, Jordan. You've, you yeah, know, I mean- you've dabbled in it. I mean, your balls will thank you. It doesn't get much realer than that. You have a wife, you have a girlfriend, or if you're just a single guy who just wants to be fresh and you never know, maybe you'll get lucky. Manscaped. That's probably what helped the most. Yeah. Make guy, sure that you use our code six dealers and look, they give you this great reading material when you get it. So now, you know, when you're going to the bathroom, we can take it back to the old Sunday paper, um, you know, check all the sports scores and what, whatever whatever you like mom aunt if you're watching sister my apology hey it's all right it does make a great gift though and every guy would appreciate it and i'm sure every girl as well so with that being said we are going to talk again nfl prospects nfl draft this is the Steeler crazy podcast sammy just let's let's do it turn up your volume your volume because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. Steelers Crazy. Harris Smith Shields. Blacko Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. All right. Our next guest, he eats sleeps and breathes NFL draft and football of course he's a draft analyst over at NFL Blitz director of scouting for dream makers and he's got his own podcast JDV experience make sure you check that out he is on today to break down some of these prospects talk stealers with us is none other than John Vogel John what's up guys thank you for the invite let me make sure I'm centered back up here again sorry I can move a lot as I'm talking. It's a normal thing. There we go. I think we're good now. Thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. You look good. You're, you're good. We're a podcast, too. Not everybody's watching this on uh, on YouTube. So if something uh, happens and, you, you know, you're off screen, we'll certainly 
survive that. We'll just assume that you're using Manscaped uh, or, or something to, you know, if you, if you do hop off after that intro, I'm sure that is something that is uh, on your <laughs> on your mind. No, uh, so hey man, let's jump right into it. Uh, I think by this point, everybody is aware the Steelers are going to target a cornerback in this draft. It's something we talked about ad nauseum on this show. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. So I want to get right into some prospects and, and ask you about some of these guys that could potentially be on their radar. I, I will start with probably the most obvious. We've talked about him a lot, but we always like getting a unique perspective and take on this somewhat local kid. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., man, why does he make sense for the Steelers or doesn't make sense? And kind of where do you have him in this corner mix? Yeah, so first off, I love Joey Porter Jr. And it's not because I like, I loved his dad, too. Like, his dad was a lot of fun to watch back in the day. But uh, this guy, he's physical, man. He's a very physical corner. He's very smart in zone. And I like that about his his the aspect of his game where, you know, he can play man because he's physical enough. And he can play his own because he understands his assignment. He positions really well. And so I think that he's probably the second or third best corner in this entire class. I think that, you know, it depends how you feel about Devin Witherspoon, which I'm sure we'll probably end up talking about here in a little bit. Um, but no, he's he, he fits the Steelers because of that physical makeup. You look at what the Steelers have always wanted across that defense. What they would, you know, when they go to practice every day, they're the most physical team in the NFL practice. It's physicality. It's being tough. He's got all that. His dad played with the Steelers, so he's been around the locker room for a long time. He gets it. There's not a lot that's changed, I don't think, uh, since he was last in the facility. And so, end of the day, yeah, no, I love this guy. I think he'd be perfect for them. He's got good strength and speed. You know, he tested pretty well. Sometimes, you know, you don't see him as fast as some of the guys in the class. It shows up on tape a little bit. But, you know, when you're running a lot of zone-type coverages and and trying to sit, you know, the league is kind of rotating more to overall across the board is more zone coverage. Uh, he is a very capable corner that I would feel very comfortable putting on the boundary. You gave me a really nice segue setup, man. Talk about some of these top corners. There have been some rumors scattered about the Steelers potentially plotting a trade up, which I never buy into personally, because yeah, the first thing you want to do before the draft is show your hand. Uh, I think I think it's a bit ridiculous. Anyways, hypothetically speaking, if you were to trade up for a corner, you don't have to be the Steelers. If you're in the mid-teens or 20s and you trade up into the top 10 and you have your choice of Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez, who are you taking? If I'm a Steelers, it's Witherspoon, hands down. And it's because the one thing that I don't like about Christian Gonzalez's game, um, I'm probably a lot lower on him than most draft analysts that you see in the media is that he's not physical at all, and he does. he's a trail technique corner. Which I don't have a problem with trail. I was a trail technique corner, always liked trail. I like guys that can play it, but you got to be physical with it too. you got to be able to jam. you got to be able to press. You don't see a lot of that with him. And then when you see guys like uh, Ladd McConkley, you know, in the first game of the season, crossing your face when you're playing inside leverage, which inside leverage the whole idea of is to stop someone from crossing your face, uh, that's a problem. And so – I don't like his positioning a lot. He's a great athlete, but he just he's not physical enough, and I don't think he's willing enough as a tackler. Uh, so he doesn't fit the Steelers at all. Devin Witherspoon does. Witherspoon looks like, again, a lot like Porter. They're very similar in terms of their skill sets. Uh, Witherspoon might be a little bit better of an athlete, probably pretty close, to be honest. Um, 
But overall, I think that this is a, a very physical guy. He's a little bit more capable in man coverage, maybe not as capable in zone at times but the Joe, like Joey is. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff there to work with. Before I kick it over to Jordan, stick on this cornerback topic. I've had some guys on recently. We've touched on Emmanuel Forbes, Keely Ringo, but we haven't really delved into two guys. Uh, and I'll start with Cam Smith, South Carolina mm-hmm. kid. Yep. He's an interesting guy. I liked him a lot more. Uh, so, honestly, Darius Rush ended up getting a lot more of attention because I think it was Rush that went down to the Senior Bowl and looked pretty good uh, playing against the competition there. Cam didn't. Uh, Cam only did, as far as I'm tracking, only did the combine, which he, you know, he posted it was a 4-4-3-40, really good explosive numbers, 38-inch vertical, 11-2 broad, which is 11 feet. It's crazy. Just, you know, standing long jump, it's insane. But um, the thing with him is he's, again – I keep saying this physical corner. I like, I loved the game specifically that he played against Tennessee. You know, when South Carolina upset Tennessee this year, that's a very high flying sort of spread out, forced the cornerbacks into an island type offense where you're really trying to create a lot of space on the back end, which forces you as a corner to have to play better, right? It just overall be tighter in your coverage and to be able to be physical and maintain that coverage throughout the entire game. I loved what he did, you know? So that was a game to me that told me that this is a legitimate guy. He's probably a second round. He might slide down into the third. I've got him projected right there in that second, third round range. So it just kind of depends how the board falls. There's going to be a run on uh, position players really at the, at the beginning of the second round. Uh, from what I'm hearing, there's not a lot of people that like wide receivers or running backs that much in this class to, to take them with a first round pick. So those last 12, 13, 14 picks that you see, they might not be very sexy positions. Might be a lot of defensive and offensive linemen coming off the board. Then maybe you get a quarterback to sneak in there, like a handed hooker. There's a lot of talk about somebody trading up into the end of the first to get him. But if you get uh, you get to the start of the second, that's when all these wide receivers, Quentin Johnson, if Zay Flowers isn't already off the board, um, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, those type of guys are going to start coming off. The tight ends that didn't come off start coming off. The running backs, Jameer Gibbs, you know, Kendra Miller could probably be the third running back off the board. And so when you get to that point, where do, where do these defensive players start falling? Because now you got linebackers, too, that nobody was taking in the first quarter, in the first round. Now they're going to start taking them there. So that's why second, third round makes a lot of sense to me because I don't know if he's one of the coveted corners that are still left on the board at that point or if he's going to be somebody that – you know, start of the third round, you get these defensive guys moving, he goes in there. All right, one more dude. This is a guy I know that you've done some homework on recently. I think it could be a fit for the Steelers. Tell me about Clark Phillips, the third. Oh, yeah. So, no, this is a slot corner. Uh, he could potentially fit. And so, what, so you know, when I say slot corner as opposed to a boundary corner, you know, the, the difference basically is the size and, and what you're capable of doing. So size, obviously, wide receivers are getting bigger. I know that there's a lot, a lot of people are, are kind of talking, at least on my Twitter feed, about, oh, no, this is the smallest class we've seen in a while because they're looking at, you know, Marvin Mims and Zay Flowers and these guys that are under six foot. No, but go look at who was in the Senior Bowl. Go look who was in the Shrine Bowl. Everybody was 6'2 plus, it felt like, you know. So there's a lot of 6'2 type receivers that are coming out here. So when you've got a guy like Clark Phillips who's right there at 5'9", you're at an automatic size disadvantage. Some guys are able to play with that. Asante Samuel Jr. right now is doing a great job with the Chargers doing that. 
But uh, Clark Phillips is not that type of explosive athlete. So I think that he's going to end up being a slot guy. Now I'm going to bring up a name you guys hadn't heard probably in a few years, Mike Hilton. That's how Clark Phillips fits in the Steelers' defense. If they want a Mike Hilton role, he's going to be perfect for that. He can blitz. He's physical. He wants to tackle people. He's got some speed issues, which means he's not going to hold up in deep coverage. But I'm going to go back to the, the Bengals and the Browns this year on Monday night. I was watching that game, and I was actually I was texting with uh, Mark Gorsak, who works with the Steelers, uh, that you guys probably know real well. And so Mr. Mark, 40 time. Come yeah, on, now, Mr. no stopwatch. Yeah. So, so Gore's up there. He's uh, we had had this whole conversation. I guess this is like last May about how the Steelers used Mike Hilton and how you could use you know Watt and those types of linebackers effectively. And so I was texting him as we're watching this game, and I'm going, "Why is Mike Hilton covering deep? Why?" And he was getting torched the entire game. And it was one of those, you know, that. Uh, I think it was Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback for the Browns that game. And he's just torching them over and over again. Same route, same slot. It's always Mike Hilton. I'm like, why is he going deep? He's like, I don't know, man. That's we knew not to use him like that. But no, that's what that's kind of what you're going to find with Clark is that he's going to be a blitz guy 60% of the time, I think. Um, but, you know, he's the physicality is really nice. He's quick enough to make an impact there. And he's going to be really solid underneath. Well, baby, if the Steelers missed Mike Hilton, I think that would be really well received, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one that got away. I think that it's going to be the same thing with Cam Sutton uh, going to Detroit. I mean, I don't know if I I think Hilton might be a little bit better, but I I was really pretty devastated when when I seen that news. Anyways, um, give us some of the the most underrated guys that you have on your radar that could possibly, you know, fit into the Steelers scheme. All right, so I'll start with one uh, that comes to mind immediately. This is Carl Banks, or Brooks, excuse me, from Bowling Green. He's a defensive tackle. He's kind of that 3-4 defensive end, mm-hmm. you know, so Cam Hayward's starting to get old, right? He's obviously still playing. Don't tell Cam level. Hayward that, though. No, no, Cam's a great guy. Trust me. <laughs> Cam is a great guy. I love Cam. But it's like he, he's starting to get old. He's still playing very high level, but you got to start planning for the future. Yeah, And so Carl Brooks is one of these guys that he's probably going to be right there available in the third round. Everybody wanted to know how this guy didn't get invited to the combine. Nobody's figured it out yet. Uh, he absolutely blew up the senior bowl. Uh, going into the senior bowl, I thought that this, that he was a, you know, a power guy, had a really good, you know, speed to power type transition and that he was just going to be able to condense a pocket. But what he showed at the senior bowl was he knows how to use his hands. And so, when you see a, a three tech, you know, that can play with their hands and can impact, you know, get off of guards real quick. He's got the intensity and the power and everything else. You sit there and go, oh, man, that's crazy. This is a guy that, you know, I'm not saying he replaces Cam Hayward and has the same type of production, but this is a guy that you could bring into a rotation and you can, or even on the other side for a little while and just kind of let it roll, right? And just, hey, you know, when Cam starts to decline, when we get to that point in time, we're going to move him straight over because he's going to be developed. And it fits the Steelers' routine, what they usually like to do with the way that they transition between their star players. And Brooks has the upside to be a star in this league. He definitely does. Um, so I like him there. Uh, if we want to get really underrated, um, I'll actually – so this is way, way down the line. There's a little bit of interest in a Division two quarterback that hmm. the Steelers have. 
that is ironically, uh, if you put on the tape, he kind of reminds you of a little bit about um, Ben Roethlisberger. Same type of size. Remember how Ben could stand in the pocket and kind of throw dudes off of him back in the day? You see him do this. I think there's a a clip of him at training camp. I don't know if it was his rookie. He was young, and they were literally like throwing the things, and he was just dodging them like the (laughs) blockers. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's like this guy, he could take hits in the pocket. His name's Corey Curtis. He's coming out of Gannon, and he's picked up a lot of steam here at the end of the draft cycle. Went to Duquesne's pro day this year, uh, did a 10-minute scheduled time uh, workout, and ended up having four teams, one of them being the Steelers, came down and worked out with them for another 15 minutes additionally, which you guys have ever been to a pro day before? It never happens. Nobody ever goes out there and goes, oh, you're done with your workout? Let me work out with you now. You know, like that just never happens. So I think what happened was if you look at him in college, he kind of had some platform issues with his feet where he would take this abnormally long step and he would kind of, you'd see his all upper body mechanics would get all messed up. And so what I mean by that is, I mean, tell you exactly what it was. His elbow would flail, right. As he's going into his throw mm-hmm. and it was his elbow basically buying time saying, I know I don't have enough time to step into this throw and get it off, you know, in rhythm. So the flail created the rhythm. And so that's one of the things he's worked on this off season is decreasing that step and shortening it and his platform looks a whole lot better. And I think that's, what's created a lot of the, uh, the interest here late is because of this quick, steady improvement in his platform. And it's, it's fixed his upper body mechanics a lot. And the dude threw an 84 yard pass at the pro wow. day as well. Like the dude, cause 84 got yards, 84 yards. I'm going to have to Kyle bowler from his knees. <laughs> Basically I'm telling you, he's got a cannon for an arm too. So, you know, like literally, not saying that he's Ben Roethlisberger, but he gives you that. He certainly reminds you of that and that Mason Rudolph type presence in the quarterback room. I mean, we see how, you know, often QBs, you know, go down in the NFL. Um, it's, you know, Big Ben pretty much had Charlie Batch. You know, we, we had a, you know, a few guys, but it, I think it's really good. I think it would be great for the Steelers to draft someone in the later rounds, um, even as an unrestricted free agent, bring him in and just see how it works out. I think that's the plan, right? I think that they are playing. They got a, They have a spot open as it yeah. is already. There's a chance that they bring in a veteran sometime as well, like another guy. Yeah. Uh, you've got Mitch for one more year, and once Mitch's contract's up, now you've got that vacancy in the quarterback room. So it would make sense that they're going to target somebody. I don't know who that is, but this is a guy that you know if they don't pick somebody before the fifth, sixth round. You get to the seventh round, and now you got guys bowing out here and there going, oh, I'm not really sure I really want to get drafted. Maybe I'll sign a free agent deal somewhere, blah, blah, blah. And as that pool starts to decrease, um, that's that could be a guy that potentially comes off the board in the seventh. Definitely. I know about Gannon, too. My cousin actually got a sco- soccer scholarship, and we go up to Erie all the time, and it's pretty close to there. So that's that's pretty cool. That would be that would be pretty cool, I think. be wild, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm always rooting for the local guys. We had uh, Roland Rivers, uh, who who won mm-hmm. the D2 Heisman, um, in in it was his story was just cool. You know, he he's in the USFL, I think now. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, just a just a good good quarterback. You know, just work. Hey, it, it's always next man up mentality, especially in Pittsburgh. I think Mike Tomlin implements that. Um, give us some of the most overrated players in this draft, and then I'll swing it back over to Mike. Who overrated? Okay, so you can just name a few. 
I'm thinking, uh, I think that Quentin Johnston gets a lot of hype that's not necessarily warranted. And I know the TCU had a great year, right? And Max Duggan, that's another overrated prospect. He's probably not getting drafted. If he gets drafted, it's for the same reasons that Sam Ellinger got drafted a couple of years ago because they're basically the same player. But um, Johnston is a 6'3 wide receiver or 6'2, whatever it is, that plays like he's 5'11. And that's not something that transitions very well to the next level. You know, when you look at a guy like I mentioned earlier, just briefly and by name, Marvin Mims, that's a guy that's 5'11 that plays like he's 6'2". Yeah. You watch him play against these corners, the way he goes up, the way he fights for balls, the way he controls the catch point, you don't realize he's 5'11 until you look at it on the stat sheet and you go, oh, dang, that guy. I didn't realize he was that small. Johnson's one of those guys that you look at and you go, I didn't realize he was that big. Like, how? So you don't see him control the catch point as well. He's he's certainly great in space, which is – you know, a, a lot of where the league is going in, in all honesty. But it's if that's a guy that you got to get schemed to space, that's a, that's a very limited role that doesn't work uh, long term. And so I think that that's probably one of the more overrated guys in this class. Uh, if I if I had to go quarterback, uh, maybe Will Levis. Will Levis might be a little bit overrated right now. And he is getting a lot of hype. I was watching ESPN and, and I went I went to the combine. Um, so, you know, there was he had a ton of people um, there. So, you, you know, the players that, you know, that have you, you can barely, you know, get into, you know, ask a question. And then you have the ones that you can just walk right up. Um, he, he was it was full for him. Yeah. And pretty much anybody in those four podiums up there yeah. in the front, anybody that hit those first four, you just forget about it. You yeah. know, unless you are um, working for NFL Network or something. But the uh, the thing with Levis is that's been really interesting throughout the entire process is the new school scouts and the young school scouts. They all they're, they're sort of a group think that goes on in the NFL. And right now, I think there's a, there's two different levels of it. And there's the old school tech, like uh, the old school mentality. And then there's the, the new guys, the young generation. And I can talk to a lot of these guys when I go to these different events. I was at the Tropical Bowl this year, did the Senior Bowl this year, the Combine. I've gotten to know a bunch of different guys, a bunch of different teams that way. And it's funny because when you talk to the younger guys, you know, they all think that Will Levis is the top five pick. I mean, like they're talking like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. When you talk to all the old school guys, they're like, ah, third round, you know. And I think that there, there's a disconnect and it's based on the principles of thought of scouting. If you a lot of the, the young, a lot of the newer guys, you know, they come from a lot of different backgrounds. I mean, there's a guy that works for the Jaguars I've talked to, came out of the music industry and went into scouting football players. Explain that one to me. I didn't get it either. But, you know, like he's good at what he does because he's got a job. Right. And he's doing he's had it for a few years. But um, the, the old school guys, they came they come from the school of thought of Steve Belichick, who wrote the book. Um, I think it was it's I forget the name of the book. Dang it. Bill Belichick's dad basically wrote this book all about scouting. That's been the Holy grail, the Bible for, of scouting players uh, for years and years and years. And so a lot of those guys are subscribed to that school of thought from Steve Belichick, whereas the newer guys, they're not, not so much on the same level. And so the thing with Levis that I think that makes him a little bit overrated is I think that to be a starting quarterback in the league, you have to, well, to be a very good starting quarterback in the league, you have to have two elite traits. You have one thing that you do really well, and then you have a calling card that you do really well as well. So elite being, you know, top five, top 10 in the league at this ability. 
Uh, you look at guys coming in this draft right now. Bryce Young, great elite improviser, elite football IQ. I mean, he, his, his knowledge of the game, the way he understands it, the way he sees the field is ridiculous. Anthony Richardson, he's going to have a top five arm as soon as he walks into the league. It's, he's got a cannon. He's going to be a top five athlete at the quarterback position as soon as he walks in the league. Who's more athletic than him? You know, I guess you could say Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, and that's about it. Maybe Jalen Hurts. You make the argument for it. But outside of that, the, that's a, those are two guys in this class that have that both have elite traits, two of them. Okay? When you look at Levis, what does Levis have that's elite? Can you say his arm? Is it really top five, top ten as soon as he walks in the league? It's kind of in that – tear down after you get past, you know, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and it's kind of muddled in that entire group that's right there. So, I mean, I guess you could make the argument and say, oh, yeah, he's got an elite arm, but I don't see it. And so outside of that, you've got a guy that's average basically across the entire board and all the things that he's able to do as a quarterback, which is fine. This, this Kirk Cousins, you know, Kirk Cousins is a guy that he can do everything pretty well, but he doesn't do anything great. So, yeah. That's kind of what I think about Levis is he's, you know, his upside's Kirk Cousins with a little bit more mobility, you know, where he's not going to have anything that you could really scheme an offense around and go, that guy's great at this, and we can get him to do that. I mean, even Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is, you know, probably one of the most hated players in the NFL in terms of, you know, just the last, what, four teams now in the last year that he's been on. Browns, Panthers, Rams, now the Buccaneers. And so with him – he's elite coming off play action. So that's why you get him. You get him rolling on the bootleg because he comes off the play action. He's rolling. He can throw really well. Cool. That's his elite thing, right? What does Will Levis have? Maybe he's got some arm strength, but that's it. We're hanging out with John Vogel here on the sick podcast. Steelers crazy. I tell you what, you were giving that breakdown on Will Levis. I could not help. But think over here, and I promise we'll have you back on, regardless of your answer to this question, uh, as you know, and, and we will kind of calm the fans down if they're freaking out in the comments. The way you describe Will Levis, did you feel the same way about Kenny Pickett last year, and do you still feel that way? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it was because I thought that he was a a much better improviser than Levis is. Now Levis has shown some things, but Pickett Pickett's special as an improviser. Um, I don't know if he's top five in the league at, at it. Maybe makes an argument for top 10. But, uh, no, I wasn't a big fan of him coming out. I thought he had some footwork issues as well. Now, the other thing, uh, he's fixed those the, a lot of those footwork issues. And, honestly, him going to Pittsburgh is the best thing that happened to him because that's a facility that he's familiar with. As you guys know, you walk in, one side's the college, the other side's the Steelers, you know. So yeah. he just he crossed the hallway over. That's the best that you can possibly get, I think. Um, so he, he did a great job. I mean, the Steelers did a great job also keeping it under wraps that they were interested in him. Nobody knew that he was going to go right there if he was available. That was just how they had it on the board. They're like, well, if he's there, we'll take him. So, uh, you know, he's definitely got that developmental ability, like upside, right? That you hope that you can bring all his level, you can level all of his traits up and make him really good at all those things. But really, he's an improviser. And I don't think that he really has anything that he does that's per se elite. Sounds like you're coming around a little bit, however. Just like our guy Sam Munson we had on a couple weeks back uh, from PFF. You know, obviously, they were not a fan whatsoever of Kenny Pickett. But he's starting yeah. to come around on Kenny Pickett. 
a little bit too. John, it has been an absolute pleasure, man. This has been awesome picking your brain. Always great to have a draft Nick on before the draft here on the Sick Podcast. Deal is crazy. John, where can people find you? What do you have coming up, man? Yeah, so uh, NFLDraftPlace.com is where pretty much all my work goes. And then anything that I do appearance-wise, whatever, all goes on my Twitter, at DraftVogel. That's really the best way to keep up with everything. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, when, when I came on the Blitzcast, or JDV Experience podcast, I do the Blitzcast as well as a part of NFL Draft Blitz. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything for me man oh that's it and that's all no he one <laughs> things and he's like yeah that, that's it uh no man and all that and you made some time for us much appreciated enjoy appreciate this it, this run this is best time of year for a lot of us uh, i love it <laughs> you it's know the most wonderful time of the year really, this, hey this is it's the start of the new year right you got the chinese new year you've got the uh you got the regular new year that we all celebrate now you got the draft starting new mm-hmm. we're, we're, it's almost new year's eve man we're about to be partying here here man cheers cheers to that we're really excited john thank you so much man thanks again man thank you guys appreciate you all right jordan that's a wrap on that uh, once more i want to thank everybody for tuning in whether you're watching on youtube the sick podcast dealers crazy make sure you follow us on twitter at sick pod Steelers. subscribe to us as well on your favorite podcast platform yes we save balls if you didn't hear us and we're not talking about footballs man if you didn't hear us in the open, Manscaped, proud new sponsor here yeah. of the Sick Podcast, Steelers, crazy. You know, it can help with a lot, man. It reduces the risk of ingrown hairs, reduces the risk of grooming accidents. Can you ask for more than that? I don't think so. Over 7 I million even, I don't even worldwide. Have any words to describe it, really? It's just magnificent. I guess that's the word. We got seven million and three after this episode. It's, it's man, been a blast. Yeah, and in in the Steelers, the, the the coolest part about this podcast, I will say, is that the Steelers, if they take quarterback from Gannon, wow. You know what? I'm I'm going to put him in my mock draft now in the seventh round. I decided go. as we were talking about that. I actually had questions lined up for John about him because I saw on his and uh, he Twitter just, account he said it anyways. He, he'd been talking about him a lot. Yeah, so I, I wanted to pick his brain on that. So I'm glad it's he a brought cool it story. up. And I think that we do need a, you know, a young guy. Why not a local guy it's, to, you know, be the, the backup yeah. to Pickett? And, you know, Pickett's had concussions, so you, you want to have someone in there that can sling it. Why not give the local guy a shot? At least, in, at least yep. invite him to camp. They did that with Roland Rivers, who you brought yeah. up. And they said, and it was really interesting to hear John say, they pulled him aside after his pro day at Duquesne and spent 15 extra minutes with him. Now, listen, it's not like they had to catch a flight, man. They could have took an Uber back to the damn facility. So I guess it wasn't a big deal for them to chill for an extra 15 minutes. Maybe, uh, you know, be a little different if it was in California or something or Idaho. But still, it shows they're interested. I could see that being the next Rolling Rivers. Absolutely. And I think this might be the first time on any podcast, honestly, uh, that we are getting his name out there for this potential potentially to, to come to fruition, man. Definitely. Well, this has been another episode of Steelers crazy. I am Jay York football now. Thanks to Mike. And that's let's go up sports one. Let's go. And, uh, yeah. Follow us. Uh, Steelers crazy sick podcast. We'll see you next week and just stay crazy, man. We're here. Here we go. Steelers all year round 365 days a year. Sammy, till next time. Peace.
And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.